Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're glad you're with us as we uh, are going to wrap up another one of our little sub-series. This one is called Give Thanks. And uh, we're going to finish up with it today. And then uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be focusing on what Christmas is all about. Uh, and uh, I have two Christmas sermons coming. One is called what Christmas is all about, and the other one is called What Time is Christmas? So uh, they're, they're good, I think. I think you'll enjoy them. But uh, I, I always, that, what Christmas is all about, it always comes to me from the Charlie Brown special. So, <laughs> I mean, anyway, I, I, it's not that I'm going to be preaching the Charlie Brown special, but the question, Charlie Brown always asks, what's it all about? And we'll try and answer that next week. But we're going to try and... Uh, we're going to wrap up this series we're doing called Give Thanks. Now, this is a sub-series of the Ministry of Encouragement. And um, we've been laying this foundation uh, in the Ministry of Encouragement with this thing we call an encourager's plan. And we're so we spent months and months and months talking about this, looking at it from different angles. Ultimately, hoping that all of you would embrace two very simple concepts. Being thankful for five things every day and encouraging two people. And that, as, as silly as it may seem, my firm belief is that if we can get our group to embrace that, that those simple acts can change not only us but the world around us significantly for the kingdom of God. And so we're going to keep talking about why we're supposed to do that all along and, and, uh, Hopefully it will sort of settle in and it will become a part of your life. You know, to, to, to take something and, and really integrate it in your life usually takes some time. And especially when something that has the potential uh, powerful spiritual dynamic is this, um, it's even more difficult to integrate because there, there's a very definite um, pushback from the evil one who won't want you to do it. Because I, I think he, he would much rather we weren't encouraging. Um, he, had, he had a pretty good thing going and doesn't want us messing with it. However, this is what God is calling us to. And so I, I will continue to encourage you to embrace those two simple ideas every day. And to make it a, a part of your life. That, that life doesn't seem quite right if you're not being thankful for at least five things every day and encouraging two people. And, and I believe that not only will it change the world, that, that it will change all of us. And it will make us better disciples. Uh, it will help us to be more focused. It will help us to understand our purpose more, to be more connected with God, and to um, re- really understand that we're a part of his story. You know, and, and I've been saying that to you for, for years, because that, that, it amazes me to think about the fact that I am, and you are, a part of his story, which is where that word history, we take it from. It's his story, his story. Um, we're part of God's story. And, and it's cool to think about how he's using you in his story. And, and, and so we need to be aware of that. I think otherwise we... We get, we buy into a lie that says it really doesn't matter, we really don't count, everything's, and it's, it's not true. That, that you are significant, that you have meaning and purpose, that God created you, and that, 
there's there's so much that's going on that you you may not be aware of that's important for you. And little things like encouraging someone, smiling at someone, helping someone. These things make a huge difference in our lives and in the lives of other people, particularly as it relates to the kingdom of God. And so uh, in our encouragers plan, we've talked about the importance of getting focused. And we looked at Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. And I encourage you to memorize those. And if you haven't, I would still encourage you to do that because we're going to come back to it and uh, see how we're doing as we uh, as we get ready to, to launch into a new year. And then um, after that, we talked about taking a stand. And we looked at Ephesians 6, 12 through 18, and I encourage you to memorize those. I know it's a lot of verses, but I still think you can do it if you haven't, or if you sort of partially did it, or if you're forgetting, go back and remember them. Then we did a little sub-series in this plan called Get Connected, and we looked at the Lord's Prayer, and we talked about the importance of getting and staying connected to God. Most of you already knew the Lord's Prayer, so that was easy. Matthew 6, 9 through 13, almost everybody knows the Lord's Prayer. I knew the Lord's Prayer, and I wasn't even a Christian, um, and I knew it as a kid. So we never went to church or anything, but I knew it. So I, I, I'm pretty confident that most people get that one. All right. This series uh, on being thankful, about giving thanks, uh, is from Philippians 4, 4 through 8. And these, like the other verses, are extremely powerful verses. And that if you can, if you can have them um, in your mind and in your heart so that in the midst of life, the Spirit of God can quicken them to you, they will help you a great deal in life. And, and all of them are powerful. And so far we've, we've looked at Philippians 4, 4 through 7. And that's so I've encouraged you to memorize 4 and 5 and 6 and 7. And now hopefully you have, and if you haven't, you still have time. But they're pretty simple verses. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's what we've talked about. And that's what you should have memorized so far. Now we're moving into verse 8. Verse 8 is a little, little longer, and you're going to have to... Um, Probably give yourself some sort of mnemonic trick to remember the orders of the words. That's what I will do when I go to memorize this week. And, and verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So that will be a little trickier to memorize. But it'll be okay. So, you know, uh, you, I, mnemonic. So I'll look, I'll probably, just cluing you in, look at the first letter of those words so I can see if I can think of some sort of thing to help me memorize how they go, which is T-N-R-P-L-A-E-P. So it doesn't really help me much. <laughs> but I'll work on it, and, and so it'll be like, <laughs> which I would try and think about while I'm reciting the verse. But that's not exactly what it is, but it's close. T-N-R-P-L-P-L-A-E-P. Well, that's the last five will be easy. It'll be the remembering the T-N-R. Okay. All right. So anyway, a little off topic, but that's not unusual. Now, so far in this series, we've talked about joy, maintaining our joy. And we've talked last week about not being anxious because those things come up, especially this time of year. Today, as we wrap this thing up, 
and, and we're talking about being thankful. I want to talk about contentment and discontentment and how those impact us being thankful. Now, I would submit this to you to think about as you're memorizing these verses this week, that contentment is found by thinking about or focusing on what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable, what is excellent, what is praiseworthy. That, that if we can get our focus on those things, that we'll be able to find contentment in life. However, the struggle is that by nature, that sin nature that we have, we are discontented. And so we're having to learn to look at life differently. And, and I, I would suggest to you that, again, this season, the Christmas season, um, causes many people to feel more discontent than normal. Because there's this twist in what the season is really all about. And like I said, I'll be, we'll be talking about what it's all about in the next couple of weeks. But what culturally has happened to Christmas is it's really become about stuff. And, um, you know, it's funny. I, I talked about the Charlie Brown thing, which was made in 65. That whole thing is about how material Christmas had gotten. That was 1965. We've only gotten worse because I think it was way less material in 1965 than it is now. Uh, and so we've we've added, you know, how many years is that? 45 years? No, 35 years. 65, 90. No, 45 years. Wow. I'm really old. I just felt really old. I'm sorry, Roy, but I'm just, I can have my moment. <laughs> you don't have to take and feel my feelings, okay? <laughs> okay. So, um, so we have to deal with discontent. What the culture has done and made it material. And, and what that looks like now is that Christmas has kind of become about getting stuff. And that, that many people are impacted in that they just want stuff. And it's, it's all about stuff, and there's more stuff. When I was a kid, see, now I'm going but Sears used to send out the wish book at Christmas. How many of you remember that? It was like the best thing, you know what I mean? And the wish book would come, and I would hate all the stuff that wasn't toys, but I would dig in the, and it, 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 it used to be like that thick, just the toy part. And I, 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 I'm there, you know what I mean? Ooh, I want that, and I want that, and I want that, and I want that. Poor parents couldn't do it anyway, but, you know, you wanted it all. Um, we got a wish book the other day. Still, Sears still comes up. It's very thin now. And there's like two pages of toys. I'm like, what's that all about? But then there's like 20 pages of electronics. Ah, that's what they want. So things have changed. But the problem is that, that what happens with Christmas for a lot of people is it becomes about stuff. And, or um, the people around them wanting stuff and trying to fill those needs and it's all stuff oriented. And the kicker is, to me... And, and I don't think I want you to raise your hands on this, but, but I have this thought um, that most of you don't even remember what you got for Christmas last year. And that if we took a poll, that not many of you would get there. Or you weren't nearly as excited about it now as you were 365 days ago, which is kind of funny. Because things change so rapidly. And... and um, and, and, and if we took it further, and how about the Christmas before that? Just not happening. 
We don't. So it, there's this dynamic. See, it's stuff, and yet stuff never really satisfies, ever. And we think we've got to have it, and it never satisfies us. It's, it's, I shouldn't use the word never, because, you know, there, you get the occasional thing that is... is but I've also found this to be true, that usually the thing that, that, that you get is, is one, not so much of its stuff value, but as the, 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 the reason behind how you were given it. Does that make sense? And so that, that it is true, I think, that, that there's something more to that, that if people really think about it, then it's not about value, it's about that. I think that we remember those things. But culturally, that's not what happens anymore. And, and so it's about excessiveness, and, and everything has gotten sort of out of control. And so this discontentment then flourishes in our culture. And one of the big reasons for that is we have a multi-billion dollar industry that, that survives, that, that thrives on making you discontent. Because it wants you not to be content with anything you have so that you always want more. That would be the advertising industry. That's what they do. That's their sole purpose, is to make you want stuff you don't have. That's why they're there. And if you don't have it, then life isn't good enough. And it works. It's very successful. You, you know, for, for me, sometimes it's silly things. Um, bec- like, uh, I probably too much information. But when I go to the grocery store, um, I, paper towel, it's a silly thing, right? But, but there's been lots of times when I have to buy the most inexpensive paper towel that there is, which works just fine. But then there's other times when I just get fed up with buying the cheapest paper towel and I want the really good paper towel. And, even, and it's like, I've got to have that to be happy. And the cheap stuff works just fine. I don't care what they say. If the, if the better stuff is a better, it's, it's a tiny little bit better. It ain't three times as much better. But these, they're in our minds, see, and I think it happens. So it's silly, but, but so all this stuff's out there. And, and we're getting bombarded with it. And, and now, our culture's added this whole new dynamic that I, I really, I, I'll mention some stuff that I, I don't sit around and watch, and I'm not judging anybody that does, but what little I've seen of it uh, makes me kind of crazy, and it's like the housewives of pretty much every city in the country. And I get that, that people like it for the tension and the dynamic, but, but the way that they live and the stuff that they buy and the parties that they throw are off the charts, the, the money that they spend. And, and then there's shows like um, Bridezilla's, which, which I only tapped into once. And in this show, it's, it's about these weddings that these people have, how, how terrible they are, and that they often spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a wedding. And, and again, not judging, just saying this stuff's out there. And then there's this other show about 16th birthdays that these kids get. And, they're, and, and so here's the problem that, that I see. I think that furthers discontent because a lot of people think unless they could have somehow live like that, that they're never going to be happy. That that's what life is really all about. And yet you, you think at the same time they would get that those people that are on those shows always seem like the most miserable people there's ever been. But they don't always make that connection. And so this, this whole thing is, is just being spun out of control. And, and if they can't get to that level, then they can't be content. And so since... What we know we're called to is encouragement. How can we make a difference in the world? And here's just a couple of points about this idea of being content. First, we have to stop thinking the way that the world does. We have to stop thinking the way that the world does. And it's tough because you're being bombarded by it all the time. Culturally, it's hitting you everywhere. 
that the culture has this set way of thinking, and what I'm suggesting to you is that we're supposed to think differently. And, and so we, we have to go against the culture in order to do that. And yet, Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world is, says, in order to be happy, I've ha- got to have more. But be changed by the renewing of your mind, by right thinking, by, keep our, by keeping our thoughts focused on God, His will, and His way, by thinking about whatever is true and, and noble and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. We need to, to change this thinking. And, and perhaps one of the biggest reasons that we struggle with discontentment is this, this thought process that is, we've been influenced by that I'm going to give you a name for. And it's called when and then thinking. When and then thinking. And so what happens is, is that it's, it's like when this happens, then I'll be happy. That's the trap. And so this happens throughout people's lives. When I get that job, then I'll be happy. When I get that promotion, then I'll be happy. When I make that sale, then I'll be happy. When I get married, then I'll be happy. When I retire, then I'll be happy. When I, whatever, you fill in the blank. I'm not picking on anybody. But whatever that blank is, that's your trap. And I promise you, you've all got them. And, and you've probably got more than that. But you need to take some thought time while you're thinking about this verse this week. And ask yourself, what is my when and then thinking trap? Where am I stuck? What is it that's causing discontentment? What am I so focused on that I'm not able to be content with where I'm at? Because it's a trap. And it's spun on by the culture. And, and, and so, I think if you think about it, you'll figure it out. But everybody's got some. When and then. Where are you stuck? When this happens, then. Because it... See, the, the problem is, even with my list, is there's always a new thing in that thinking. So even if you achieve your win, the then changes. Because now it's something else. And so you never get there. And that's the discontentment. That's what happens to people. That's what they buy into. Just like all those things that are advertised. When you get them, they, they never quite what you think. I'm not saying it's bad. Don't get me wrong, because I'm not saying that we're not supposed to... That there's, there's, the gift-gifting is inspired by the giver of the greatest gift, and there's something in the process that's very good and very um, healing and, and, and part of the process. But it, we have to be careful that we don't get caught in the trap that comes up from when and then thinking. What we need to do is the second thing, is we need to start thinking... God's way, the best that we can. And, and he doesn't think about things the way that we do, by nature. And yet he tells us how he thinks about a lot of things in his word. 
But we need to start changing. And this is what Philippians 4.8, I think, really helps with. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's what we're to think about. Not when and then thinking. We're to think about these things in life. And, and the question then is, is, you know, what really matters in life? And, and if, if I were to get everything that I wanted, would I really be happy? I don't think so. Um, and, and I would say that from even people that I've met who have, through their lives, successfully sort of achieved everything that they possibly wanted and still have big emptiness in their lives. And, and frustration. So, so that's not it. And, and, you know, what I would say in this new thinking is there's, there's two ways, at least two ways, but two that I'm going to give you to have enough. And that's that last set of blanks there on that left side of that bulletin. And, and the, there's two ways to, to have enough. One of them is to get more, and the other is to want less. Get more, want less. The happiest people are the people whose pleasures are the simplest. It's just the facts. The happiest people are the people whose pleasures are the simplest. And so, for people that can find pleasure in walking in the moonlight or enjoying a sunrise or having a cup of coffee on the, on the patio with your spouse early or, or something simple you find contentment far more easily. And that, that it is these things that are ultimately what we're supposed to be um, learning to focus on. We, we need to learn to be grateful for what we have and what we can do rather than being focused on what we don't have and what we can't do. And, and again, it's a paradigm shift that we're called to. We've talked about this, but it all fits in. And, and so, are you consumed by when and then thinking? Or are you learning God's way, which is to be grateful for what you have? We had a, for those of you that lived here, 2004. Has it been that long? When Wilma came through? Was that 2004? 2005. 2005, when Wilma came through, I mean, it was a very difficult time, and... and most of this island, along with a lot of the other ones, got flooded, and, and a lot of people lost a lot of stuff. Cars, boats, houses. Uh, <laughs> people lost a lot of stuff. And in dealing with that at the time, I remember having this thought um, from the Lord. I believe it was from the Lord. And I remember sharing it with a group. I said, okay, here's what we can do. We can either focus on what we lost... Or we can focus on what we have left. Guess where life is? It's what you got left. Because you still, I mean, we still had what mattered. You know, we had each other. We had the other stuff is stuff. I'm, I'm not minimizing. I know it was very difficult, but the, 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 the focus had to be on what you got. Not what you don't got. Pardon my English. So, so this is something that we, we have to learn and work in. Now, 
How can we do it? And, and you, you think I'm just kind of working this stuff in here. But, but the third thing is you have to, I believe, you have to embrace the ministry of encouragement. You have to embrace these two little things because they, they are life-changing. Being thankful for five things and encouraging two people. You have to take it in and make it a part of your world because it will change, it will help you change the way that you think, which is what this whole passage is about. Being thankful is, is a, a, a change in the paradigm of the way that you look at life. And the way that you think about life. Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. It's consumed, I'm paraphrasing, by everything else except the things of God. But encourage one another daily. Here's what you do so you don't get into that trap. Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Don't want to get all hardened up and caught in the when and then thinking trap? Encourage one another. Have a grateful heart. Look at the world differently. Instead of going along with the, with the cultural push that, that you, you'll never be happy unless you have more stuff, practice being a thankful person. Look at it in a different way. Be, be thankful for what you have. I'm not saying don't have dreams and hopes and aspirations. That's not what I'm talking about. That's, God tells us that those things are good, but... But learn to be content in the process instead of, well, when all these things finally happen, then. If you wait for the then, you'll never have one because it just they, they're so fleeting. And, and so it has to be different. And so be thankful. Start with that. If you're not doing that, if you're getting, so it's not every day. Be thankful for five things every day. I'm so grateful that I have to go on that website and post it because it forces me to be disciplined. So, so if that's what it takes for you, join the club. Make it so that, so I make it so that if I, I have to go in there. One day I got there, I didn't get on that website till like 8.30 in the morning because I slept in a little bit. I had two people say to me, what's the matter? You sleeping in? When they saw me. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad they were on it. But see, that keeps me on it. But, but it helps. Put yourself in a place where it becomes a part of your life. To be thankful for five things and to encourage Two people every day. And that, that brings us back to Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I haven't learned verse 8 yet, so I've got to read it. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. These are the verses at the heart of a thankful person. So I hope you take them in and let them change you and the way that we move in this world. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, if you're watching my video, thank you for watching. If you need anything, call us, write us. We'll see what we can do. Let's go ahead and pray. And we'll call it a night. Father, thank you.